Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to Yo, 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 we're back again, Raps on TV, the host with the most, Kojo, back in the building as they like to say, um, been a busy weekend of boxing, um, a lot of body shots going around, um, but we're back here to talk about the best things and look forward to next weekend's, uh, or this weekend's two clashes, um, going to one of them, White versus Chisora, the rematch, uh, has Del Boy done enough as he chiseled away in the gym to get back his, his, his redemption song and his redemption story. Um, but I'm here, as usual, with my co-host, Tom. What's going down, Tom? I'm all good, Coach. Nice to be back in the studio. It's a bit of an emotional one, really, because it's the last one of uh, the year. But it's been a great year for British boxing and uh, been great working with yourself and Anam. Uh, Anam's definitely going to be sorely missed today. But uh, like you said, got a massive agenda on the cards. Exactly. Uh, Canelo Fielding in uh, Madison Square Garden a massive uh, fight for Rocky Fielding didn't meet the elite level didn't um, deliver didn't deliver and uh, also domestic dust up with uh, White Chisora mm-hmm. uh, public workouts start tomorrow and then you've got press conference weigh in and then the big fight Saturday with a stacked undercard as well so a lot to talk about and uh, yeah yes. don't forget and as I say don't forget so good to hear that you're well don't forget we got the man like Josh Warrington uh, taking on Carl Frampton for a really interesting IBF dust up um, at the featherweight division quite a stacked card um, probably one for the the hardcore fans more than the sort of uh, relatively casuals um, and then obviously we got over in the States uh, we got the PBC card with the Charlo brothers yep. uh, we'll get into that a little bit talk about about uh, Monroe's replacement that stepped in and his reputation, um, and looking get into looking forward to dive, diving into that. Um, and maybe if we get time, we'll talk about Anthony Joshua's visit out in the states. Interesting and, um, stuff. Interesting, interesting stuff. A bit more. Um, how would you say up close and personal than usual? But most definitely good to see. So um, yeah, so I guess let's kick it off. Um, last weekend uh, we saw the Canelo, the man who is named as probably what close for being pound for pound at the moment. Um, yeah take on Rocky Fielding and that was a challenge he decided to embark on by going up one division um, and taking on the, the t- champion Rocky Fielding who had the WBO belt if I want to stand corrected um, WBA it, WBA sorry yeah. yep um, and uh, interesting fight um, I think you know we're not going to really mince our words around with it hit the canvas pretty early um, Fielding four times in three rounds um, I mean going into that fight I don't think most people gave him a chance not even really a puncher's chance um, looking back on those four rounds Tom what were your thoughts I have to say uh, prior to the fight I predicted that um, it'd be a body onslaught from Canelo yep. that that was the um, area that Fielding was particularly most vulnerable in the fight I thought being the taller rangier opponent mm-hmm. Canelo's used to coming in uh, strong stocky um, with a lot of aggression so targeting the body would have always been something on the game plan um, I thought he executed the body shots perfectly and uh, like I said uh, prior to the um, to the fight that I think it would just be a gaping hole for uh, Canelo to exploit and there is levels in boxing and I think Canelo dictated the that he was the elite um, fighter on the night and that Fielding just wasn't up to scratch. No di- no disrespect to Fielding, no um, discouraging him for taking a, a fight of that magnitude because any, anybody would at that um, level. The great win over Zoiga mm-hmm. uh, for the WBA title, uh, but then obviously climbing up three, three or four gears to get to a, a fight with Canelo is a, is a big step. Yeah, I mean, you touched on quite a few things there and I think the key thing really is actually, even though Canelo is the smaller fighter and coming up, from quite a few divisions below um, in terms of where he started. Yeah. The technical ability was on show with Canelo. And um, you're right. Um, I mean, we went into a back and forth. And I think it was obvious there was going to be the majority of body shots. But I think what impressed me was actually when he did knock him down with the hook. Um, I think it was the third time that he knocked him down. Um, and for me, Fielding, did he sell his belt? I would probably say Could a little so, bit, yeah. but you know, it's the opportunity that we're talking about here. We're talking about fighting in Madison Square Gardens against one of the current probably listed pound for pound fighters. Um, was did he show anything? 
I think that's probably the most disappointing thing is that he, as as a champion facing somebody that's come up in weight, he probably just went down. I can't even say too easily, but he didn't really give up a fight. Yeah, you know, you don't lose three rounds, ten eight, and really go on to win the fight. I don't know if that's been done before. Number one, um, and he was just there to be hit. Even when he started to engage with Canelo, he felt that was the wrong tactics because he would take two or few, two or three punches from Canelo, um, suck it up, especially when he got hit on a body shot and try to hit, come up with a, with a counter, a, a jab or an uppercut. And it just didn't even feel like he was doing any damage to to, to Canelo. So that was interesting. Um, probably not worth staying up for, but I do nah. think ultimately, um, yeah, Canelo's done an interesting thing with kind of seeing out the year in that way because I think what it does is it kind of, not masks, but it takes all the stigma around the Triple G fight and also leading up to that with the whole cow scandal I think he's going to go into 2019 and the plans they're talking about with the DAZN deal actually he's probably going to be the fighter on the rise in 2019 what do you think? Now 100% you hit the nail on the head there um, about Canelo having that um, ferocious 24 rounds with uh, Golovkin and then taking mm-hmm. a fight of this magnitude yeah. particularly wasn't up to the level that he'd been operating at b- uh, before yeah. not of the calibre of a Charlo or a Jacobs or a Golovkin but um, I think he needed that fight if he was to step up he needed a fight where he could have an easy target yep. filled in being the weakest of the champions, champions. you could argue yep. Yep. Um, I don't think, I think he would have fair statement yeah I don't think he would have wanted to take a fight with Callum Smith mm-hmm. immediately especially after the momentum he's had yep. Um with the the Groves fight. But I thought as well, um, Canelo didn't really seem like he came out of second gear. He seemed to impose himself early on. Easily Established the jab. And again, like you said, I was disappointed that Fielding wasn't able to impose his attributes, Mm. his range, his size. um, Didn't seem to even want to keep the fight at distance, wanted to engage too early. So I think you've you've hit it spot on with the analysis of the fight. Um, We predicted it would be... before four rounds, we yeah. kind of the general consensus was that it would be within one and four rounds. And I think once uh, Canelo started to target the body or field in the first round, it was kind of a one-way um, say 100%. after that. And I think you know, if you look at the, f- the the fight as a whole, I think if you're a photographer, you probably got wonderful shots because I saw on the Instagram on the good old gram um, some fantastic shots uh, from from Canelo and. You know, when you see those shots connecting and the shudder that it's doing to feel his body as a whole, I'll say two things. The namely will be actually very, very, very fair play to Khan because as much as he got knocked out in knockout of the year, actually he was boxing quite well. And you would argue he was boxing to a better degree than what Fielding showed as a champion. And 100%. Canelo came in as a challenger. So you would actually say, well, Khan showed a bit of muscle there. Yep. Um, but then going back to Triple G... And I'll ask you this question about a third fight, but I actually show Triple G is fucking tough as anything. Because yeah. if you th- see that Fielding couldn't really sustain any of Canelo's shots, and Triple G over 30, sorry, over, over um, 24 rounds yeah. took, took took his best shots. Took the kitchen sink, really, from Basically, uh, Canelo. you know, whether it was on the chin, whether it was on the side of the head, whether it was on the shoulder, whether it was on the side of the ribcage, it was just unbelievable. So, um, I mean, in terms of a third fight between the two, do you think there's a reason to do so? Or do you think it's... Um, I wouldn't scream for it. I mm-hmm. think with the DAZN deal, you've got the likes of Jacobs and Drade, mm-hmm. uh, Charlo at middleweight. And yeah. I think their fights that if Canelo wants to solidify himself as a pound-for-pound pound great, mm-hmm. then those are the fights at this stage of his career. They're yeah. the emerging talents of the division. Exactly. Um, Andrade's... Um, it's hard to really make a case for Andrade against Canelo because he hasn't operated at that level. Yeah. He hasn't had a fight with the likes of Golovkin exactly. or even a um, Lemieux, someone yeah. like that. Um, even, whereas, yeah, I agree with you. No, yeah, no, with um, Canelo has operated at the elite level. The mm-hmm. likes of Cotto, yep. Mayweather. Yep. Even though he lost that fight, he learned a lot from that, and the the streak he's had since then mm. has shown that he's just levels by levels he's improved. I mean, significantly. yeah, easily. Um, I think that was probably the standout thing from that fight was that. You know his 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 ability, technically wise, technical wise, was 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 on show there. And yeah, Fielding didn't really do himself any justice. Um, you know, again, you know, there's a question of, and I'll answer my own question if yeah. you don't mind. Um, <laughs> in terms of the third fight, I would say, if I'm being honest, I'm probably one of the few to say I wouldn't mind a third fight. And I will tell you why, because I think you're talking about two guys that are not afraid of each other's power, are prepared to absorb each other's power so that always makes for a good fight we've arguably they're both knockout kings regardless of we question Canelo um, Triple G's career or his resume um, and Canelo they're knockout guys so 
for me, I think the very fact that the first one was controversial, the second one maybe not so, but it was still a majority decision. I think actually a third one wouldn't do anybody any harm. Um, I think the pay-per-view numbers would back that up. Um, Triple G would be up for it. Um, and Canelo probably has more of the advantage because Triple G is getting older and he seems to be really coming into his prime. I mean, I think we spoke about this during the week that going into the weigh-in, Canelo looks in amazing shape. Like he was just like, he was in beast mode. So yeah. for me, I wouldn't mind a third fight. Um, and I, I would say in this way, I would f- probably prefer a third fight over Andrade, probably even more than a Billy Joe Saunders. Yeah. Maybe not Jacobs, because I think Jacobs is probably the trio amongst Triple G and, and, and Canelo. Maybe could lose to both. Obviously, he has lost to Triple G, um, even though that was a tight fight. Yeah. Um, but I think he's probably the only one I would say, well, actually, yeah, I wouldn't mind Canelo facing off with a Jacobs, but not with an Andrade or Saunders, because, yeah, I'm mean, even even a Charlo, I'm still a bit like... Because mm, they haven't proven themselves. They haven't proven themselves, yeah. yeah. And I think Canelo versus Triple G is literally like the best versus the best. So, um, so I wouldn't be against that. No, 100%, Kaj. I have to say, um, with that, that's probably the fairest point you can make because I think when you put it into a um, a three-way cycle with the likes of uh, Golovkin, uh, Canelo and uh, Jacobs, it seems to be a replica of, say, the heavyweight division where you've got a Joshua, exactly. a Fury, a Wilder. Wild it's a triangle in exactly. that division. And yeah. whoever wakes up on the day... There we go, exactly. Yeah. And I think as well, Jacobs, you have the narrative behind Jacobs' story with the uh, the bone cancer exactly. and how he survived that. Yep. Golovkin's come from a, a tough place in Kazakhstan. Canelo's yep. kind of had to rise um, level by level after mm. the Mayweather defeat. Mm-hmm. It was, a de- at the time, a very devastating defeat yep, because he was coined to be a massive yep. superstar. Agreed. And uh, he's earned that now in the, uh, the professional ranks. So I think in terms of a Golovkin-Canelo third fight, what would you say is the biggest, uh, particularly political barrier within the governing bodies, um, within the the sort of um, TV networks? Do you think that's going to be a barrier for the fight not I to mean, take place? At the moment, we don't know because HBO have obviously folded. Uh, we touched on that last week, and there's rumours of where Golovkin's going to land. You would probably say the smart money is on the zone. The zone, yeah. You would probably say the smart money is on the zone, but arguably as well is there is there room for both guys but again yep Canelo was on Golden Boy sorry and, and the connection with HBO so yeah I would say that's where the smart money would go um, I would be very surprised if he went to PBC top rank could be um, in there but I find with Arum he doesn't take guys on when they're towards the end of their career he kind of gets rid of them he likes them when they're in there they're fresh, more, they're fresh. <laughs> it, it, to some degree you know if you look at Lomachenko you look at Crawford even when he got on with Pacquiao um, so I don't know if he would go for taking on Triple G right now um, so yeah that's what I would think um, other than that I don't see many issues because I mean they fought already um, and if they're on the same uh, network uh, then w- what's holding it up and if the networks are smart they would push for that because the Zone's platform is all about um, subscription subscription base if they were to put that fight within that model, then I think it's only going to get more subscribers and ultimately actually could get, and if they don't, it could allow them to go into the pay-per-view market and that's a justified pay-per-view fight. And do you think as well, there was a, I think, news story leaked of Golovkin potentially signing with zone. Do you think that would make the, the fight a lot easier if the two were under the same promotional banner? I think so, yeah. I th- I, I, I mean, I do. Um, it will be interesting with this whole how the the fight gets carved up financially because obviously Canelo's got that three hundred million plus deal, um, but yeah, right. I I I think it shouldn't. They, they can't really have any issues. They've done it already. Um, I think probably the only issue would be is on the judges. Yeah, hundred percent. And where that lays. So you know, how, how do they divvy that up? I think that could be an interesting thing. Um, so just going look before we move on, uh, the Canelo versus uh fielding um yep. so i mean when you look at fielding um and the height and the range that was in his advantage i mean what why how did canelo just negate that so easily i think that's exactly it yeah. uh, he was just able to negate straight away i don't think um fielding had the the arsenal to uh deter canelo from coming forward mm-hmm. we sort of associate canelo with being a counter a puncher mm-hmm. on the back foot yeah golovkin came forward at him took yeah. the kitchen sink yes and canelo was pinging him from all angles yeah um Good fielding point. on the other hand i said before the fight tactically the one thing he cannot afford to do in the opening few rounds is drop his body as in dip yeah. and let him his body open up to a body shot yeah he did it in the first round dipped with mm-hmm. about 30 seconds into the round bam canelo <laughs> bang <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he was just and watching it it was just like you wince in yourself yeah. because the way he's landing the body shots they're so 
acute and exactly. so accurate. And also, that. fielding wasn't. There's some guys. Is maybe it's, it's all of like it's a, it's a uh, physical thing in terms of what you see. Sorry, invisible. Um, you could see his shape just wasn't going to take those shots. No, there was no. There wasn't no muscle. There was no stomach. It was just literally bone, and you just felt. Ooh. Felt so sorry for him as well. Like I just felt. I don't know if you got this feeling, but I was watching that fight, and I was like, "He's going to be in pain tomorrow morning." Yeah. Because there were some body shots he was taking where he wasn't going down, and you could just see him go. And you thought maybe they could have been the, yes. the effective ones. Exactly. So. Yeah. So it was a yeah tough all round for him. I mean, but look, he done his family proud. He's. He's a champion. He can look back at his career, maybe get Sky Pundit's Pundit's role and say, "Look, what well, I fought in Madison Square Garden against Canelo." Yeah. Um, and it's actually quite interesting, you know. And just want to quickly go back on Canelo and one of the things you said about the loss to Mayweather, because you know I remember watching that fight, same probably as you would have done, and it was all about this guy is the new blah blah blah, and Mayweather's thirteen years his senior, blah blah blah. But obviously he got scored, he lost. Yeah. But actually, it's a good uh, sort of example to show to a lot of fighters that. You know, if you do fight the best, it's not the end of your career because he fought Mayweather um, and everybody knew what the result was. And look what he's gone on to do. He's still a massive pay-per-view star. He's still able to get a big contract with a new uh, TV network. He's still gone on and had an arguably great CV in terms of Cotto, Khan, Smith, um, Cesar Chavez, Triple G twice. So it just goes to show that losses... Don't mean anything, no, in my opinion. Exactly that. Yeah. And I think as well, after the Mayweather fight, I think in terms of he must have had about seven or eight top uh, elite fights mm. um, after that. I think he would have learned a lot more in the Mayweather fight than oh, he did in any of those fights. Of because fights, right? you see, even when you watch him, as much as there's a lot of controversy behind the uh, the meat, clambuterol, stuff like that, mm-hmm. technically, he's mm. so sound in all departments. You yeah. can't pick a department out with Canelo and say there's a bit of weakness there. Mm-hmm. He seems to just be a complete fighter. He's not the yes. perfect fighter he's by not. any means because yeah. Mayweather proved that, mm. that he was able to deter him yep. of his advantages. No, I but I think as well, the departments where Canelo is so superior in mm-hmm. are the departments where other fighters can't prepare for that. Yeah. And he's so dominant it's then so in fights. Dominant. Yeah, no, agree. Great points. Um, so yeah, moving on to the... Um, we Weekend clash, I'm sure. Um, it's been a bit of double booking going on there. Um, two venues booked. Sticky one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I will, remind me to ask you what one you're going to be watching, although I don't need to debt. White versus Jizor, uh, you want to do the intro? Yeah. Um, great fight. Uh, the rematch has always been, the last two years particularly, mm-hmm. something that's... Um, I believe it's two years since they last fought. I know. It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. crazy right? Time's flying, yeah. coach. Yeah. But yeah, like since the last fight, fight of the year contender... Um, the build-up this time has been particularly quiet compared to the, mm. the throne of tables, yeah. the uh, gloves <laughs> exactly. are off. Exactly. Uh, Who's the donkey who now? Who's the donkey <laughs> now? This time it's popping pills and these yes. sort of analogies lack Laxative. Yeah. I'm going to run through. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, like it's, it's one of those fights where you think um, it's either does... Um, Chisora have more discipline this time round. Is mm-hmm. he more motivated? Is there more impetus in his camp with David yep. Hay being added to to the equation? Um, you've got White on the other hand, who under the tutelage of Mark Tibbs seems to be improving fight by fight. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your take on that um, setup with Chisora and Hay? Do you think it's a conflicting one, perhaps, or do you think there is an impetus there that David Hay's added? Um... Yeah, good, good, good question. I think on the face of it, um, and I know there's going to be a lot of pressers this week. I think on the face of it, I would say there seems to be some improvement because Chisora looks in better shape, um, and he seems calmer. Yeah, I'm not going to say he's not talking rubbish because he's talking rubbish, but <laughs> he seems calmer. He doesn't seem so agitated. You know, if you look back to the white fight and even subsequent, you know, one or two afterwards, there was a very dark atmosphere. Maybe he'll bring it back on again this week because it's, it's fight week. Yeah. But there just seemed to be, even, you know, with the press conferences, which is announcing fights, he just seemed very dark. And that kind of uh, whatever, and you know, mystery about him. But this time he seems focused. You know, he said he's got God in his life. So, you know, we'll see if that's true. Um, he may say some interesting things about Fury, which I think can be a bit of an inspiration to him. Um, I think, arguably, there will be some improvements to his usual camp because he likes to work with, you know, skilled subject matter experts, so nutritionists, you know, guys that deal with strength and conditioning. I think that's the level that he will go up again. Will it be enough? I'm not so sure, but I think it may make for a very, very interesting fight, probably more entertaining this one in terms of there being a knockout yeah no 100% agree um, what's your thoughts on like um, Chisora and you know you spoke about the Mark Tibbs 
Let's look at Chisora. Um, this is Chisora, Dylan White. What's your thoughts on Dylan White working with Tibbs, losing to Joshua? You know, the year that he's had to finish on this Chisora fight. You know, how would you how would you sum up his career? And and the, do you think this fight is a risk to finish the the year? I think to start with, um, Dylan White's definitely made a case for himself to be fighter of the year. The yeah. way he's come back after the uh, the fight with Joshua. I mean, look at the level of opponent in these box. Okay, excluding the likes of Dave Allen um, and those kind of um, yeah. Ian Lewis and those kind of fighters, he's fought Lucas Brown, mm-hmm. who at the time everyone thought was a tough test. Yeah, the former WBA champion. I Joe's, didn't, but yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. <laughs> and I don't yeah. either. But yeah, like, yeah, a lot yeah. of people would have said, so, "Oh, yeah. Lucas Brown would have been a bigger step up." Joseph Parker, mm-hmm. massive fight. Yeah. That was probably to date his best performance. I agree. Um, and then to finish off with a fight he doesn't need to take, he could yeah. have waited in the the work. He could have been fl- flying off to I don't know Wherever, some yep. exotic country for four months, waited for a shot at the world title. Yeah. But now he chose to stick in the uh, the cold and uh, mm. wet in exactly. London. Is up at Loughborough training there, and he stuck out to fight someone who arguably most people thought won the first fight. Yeah. So. Whether these risky fights are giving him more experience, yeah. I think they are. Yeah. I think he's definitely improving uh, fight by fight under Tibbs. And I think come Saturday, I can only see one outcome of the fight. And mm-hmm. I think why I don't think it's going to be a stoppage or a mm-hmm. knockout. Okay. I think White's probably going to win convincingly on points. Mm-hmm. If he chooses to box, he yeah. wins the fight comfortably. Yeah. If he chooses to brawl, yeah. then it's anyone's game. Yeah, yeah. And Chisora could well clip him with a yeah, shot. Yeah, so. yeah. No, no, I think that's a good uh, uh, sort of summary. I do agree with you in terms of um uh in, in, i'll say in terms of chisora being able to clip him i do agree with you on that um like i said i think chisora looks better um you know physically um i will say the takam fight i don't know how much that took out of him and yeah. you know let's not forget you know although it ended fantastically for him actually before the knockdown he was getting beaten up do you, you think know, he and, pulled a shot out of the bag perhaps? i think he pulled a shot out of the bag that that was my real intention there were a few he, you know, he hit him with some really good sort of like um, uh, right hands or whatever. But overall, in my opinion, I do think, you know, the fight was going against him yeah. um, and he pulled it out, which is fair enough. You know, I rate Wilder for being able to do that. It's the heavyweight division. So yeah. I will say, however, I do feel, and it's hard to say that because if I said who's better, Lewis, um, sorry, Dylan White or Takam, you would probably be like, ooh, but I don't know. I, I just feel that that Dylan White at the moment is probably going to have a bit more durability than Takam. Um, I think, Dylan White has taken his training very, very seriously, even more so this year. Um, I think you look at what he's trying to achieve. um, And I think this fight, because I've always felt this fight was a risk, but I actually feel that, you know what, if he stops Chisora, which I think he can do, I think think there's no question he fights Joshua in in April. Because I think a Chisora knockout, although for the guys like us, that might not be suitable. I think if you look at it from a casual perspective, you look what Dylan White has done throughout the year. He does deserve a shot at a championship belt. And with Wilder and Fury going on in the background, there's only one option for him to to go. Um, it wouldn't be my first choice, clearly, because um, I don't think the result would be any different. But I think they can sell it and maybe make me forget my prediction and say, well, actually, leading up to the fight, it's going to be closer than you think. And I think it will all be off Chisora getting stopped because... You know, a few people have stopped Chisora. Um, and I think if White stops Chisora and then has the verbiage where he's saying, look, I stopped Chisora, Chisora stopped Takam, Takam went 12 with Joshua, yeah. people are going to be like, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I think that's how we have the, the, the rematch. And no. I, I think this is it. That's 100% correct. I mean, um, there was just one last question with the... I know you touched on there, Chisora seems a bit... Uh, I don't know if it's to say the way he's acting towards the his approach towards um, the other, the opposition camp and also the approach towards the media. Mm-hmm. He seems to be a, a bit sluggish in interviews. Mm. Do you think that's perhaps a hidden sign that he's maybe possibly drained himself in camp? He's trained, overtrained, maybe too hard? Uh, I guess a good point. You, um, I don't know, because those guys are always kind of flabby. Yeah. So I, I do get what you're getting at. I just don't know. It's hard to say because the better condition they look in, they come in looking, I think it helps them. But you're right, you know, in other weights, we would say, oh, no, he's overtrained, blah, blah, blah. But with these guys, you know, I mean, if you look at probably when, I mean, it'll be interesting if we get up during the show, when White and Chisora fought the first time, I wouldn't be surprised if they were both easy 250. Yeah. 
100%. And this time, I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the 235, 240 mark. Yeah, they both maybe. look in fantastic shape. This is what I mean. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if there's going to be a drainage issue. I hope I, I hope that's not an excuse for either fighter. Um, but I do think it's going to be a knockout. Yeah, I don't think it can be an excuse as well in the heavyweight division because they're entitled to eat what they want. Exactly. Within reason, they have yeah. to, the nutrition's got to be on point. It's mm-hmm. got to be 100% yeah, it's clean. It's got to be beneficial for them, but... They're not as strict as other fighters. I mean, and anybody that knows anything could tell you that, yeah. I'm not saying a guy not eating five guys and nan- well, yes, they can do nanos, but five guys or whatever, but they will definitely be able to have a bit more freedom yep. um, as opposed to the, the other guys. So, I mean, leading up to this fight, um, yep. who's what's your prediction? Uh, I think White's going to win uh, comprehensively, comprehensively on points. Yep. Um, I think it'd be... It just depends, really, because I can see the fight going two ways. I can see why um, boxing at distance mm-hmm. and just implementing his jab. He's got a very good jab for a heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first five, six rounds, if he's able to do that, he can probably coast through the fight if is mm. not able to get on the inside. Yeah. But then again, if uh, it's a replica of the, the first fight, mm-hmm. the 13th round, the continuation of the 12th, yeah. then... Uh, could go either way, it and I probably favoured Chisora. The shape he, I've seen him in mm-hmm. um, on on telly with the whole uh, preview shows and stuff. I can see Chisora knocking White out if they do engage early. Okay. Uh, but if White's able to keep his distance, uh, box smart, then I think he'll win the fight. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that that's good. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Either either I will not be either result. I won't be disappointed with. Should the winner face Joshua though? Um, I think Chisora's got too much respect for Joshua. I don't yeah. think that fight could... I, I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but yeah. I think Joshua wants... As much as he wants Chisora to beat White, mm. everyone wants to see the rematch between White and Joshua. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think realistically, if Chisora beats White, I could see him potentially having maybe either one more fight with a Parker or someone like of that calibre mm. or just calling it a day and saying, I've ended the year on a high. Yeah. I can enjoy my retirement. I don't yeah. need to take any more punishment because yeah. it could be a gruelling fight that yeah. Chisora wins by split decision again. Yeah. It could go the other that, way around. That, that, yeah, and yeah. does Chisora want a third fight of that um, ferocity? I mean for both of them. And this is why it just makes me, I mean, for White, I, I, I think really the danger is in his hands because he's more or less being tied to fight Joshua in April more than Chisora is. Yeah. And it's kind of like, even if this is a bruising fight and, you know, you damage uh, your wrist or your your, your bicep or, or rib cage, that's going to have a more of an impact on him than it would for Chisora. So I'm surprised he's taking such a risk. But at the same time, I think, yeah, it makes sense because actually if they need to sell the April fight which they're going to need to do yeah. the Chisora is the perfect fold for that because again you know they will even they will even bring out the fact that Chisora didn't even get stopped by uh, Tyson Fury you know even though we know he was outboxed they will still say yeah but Tyson Fury didn't knock him out and Dillian White has you know Klitschko couldn't knock him out and Dillian White has so I think that's going to be their key thing um, the other clash um, so actually so just to say so I'm going White knockout um, yeah. you're saying White points um, the other clash which is taking place on the same day at the same time which is a very, very big liberties, um, is Josh Warrington versus Carl Frampton. Probably more for the pugilists in the house. Um, what do you make of that fight? And, you know, yeah, just break it down yeah, for Yeah, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a huge disappointment, particularly for boxing fans that want to see both fights. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both domestic dust-ups to start with. Yep. Um, I think with this fight, it's got a bit extra to it. I think with Frampton, um, again, who's someone who's competed at the elite level, the likes of Santa Cruz, uh, Quig, Warrington's on the up, mm-hmm. whether he's able to establish himself as the best in Britain. Yep. There's a lot of, um, to say, di- there's a lot of differences between the two, but there's also the fact that Frampton's going to be determined to get back to number one spot. Mm-hmm. Warrington's want to continue um, the momentum from the Selby fight. A lot yep. of people have already jumped on uh, criticism saying that Selby was weight drained. Yeah, I didn't um, like that. No. I feel that was a bit of an excuse. Yeah, yeah. But... and I think as well, um, Frampton's kind of the transition with uh, Jamie Moore could be another added element to the fight. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I can't really call it. I said at the start when it was announced that I think Frampton's a bit more seasoned at yeah. that level and mm. um, that he's got the more experience Experience. He's probably got the better tools to um, disrupt Warrington, who is a relentless pressure fighter. Mm. He comes forward, he throws a lot of uh, punches. But then again, Frampton throws a lot of shots. And I think what's going to be the difference in this fight, whoever wins the fight is going to be down to the volume of shots that they throw. Mm. I think when they engage on the inside, when they keep at a distance, whoever lands the more shots, I know it's quite cliche in boxing, yeah, no, no. but whoever lands yeah. the most shots, the shot output of this fight is going to determine who wins it, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, um, 
I'm looking forward to this fight. I think this fight's going to be an absolute stormer. Um, yeah. I think Josh Warrington, and this is probably me kind of going out on a limb here, I think actually we forget that he was signed to, ma- signed to match room and he left. So I think when you... I don't know if I saw Warrington say this in an interview or if it was Warren that said it, but it explains a lot as as to why Hearn is being very petty yeah. in regards to this whole situation. And it does because, you know... Um, Warrington's fighting. I think even when he was fighting Selby, they had another fight on that night. And it's not the first time he's done it. Um, and granted, you know, this is an IBF title clash. Yeah. Chisora Delboy isn't. And he's done it on the same day knowing that this was already pre-booked. I mean, it, 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 it's a it, bit snaky. It's very snaky. But then for the fans, you know, even from us as a commentating team, we can't go to both no, venues. Exactly. So we'd have to split our time. You're a fan. You want to watch one whether going to either or venue. Even when you're at home, you can't watch both. You're going to have to be flicking between the true two channels. And no one enjoys boxing that way. Um, but back to Warrington, um, for me, I think he's actually massively underrated, period. Um, I looked at the Selby fight and I thought Suit Selby's just got the skills. He's going to be able to just outbox him. You know, Warrington's just a football hooligan. Um, and I got a lot of respect for him in that fight because he really put it on Selby. Yeah. He wanted it 10 times more than Selby. And he showed skills that hadn't been displayed before. Um, and I do think, you know, Frampton is a very good fighter. You know, he was what? ESPN's fighter of the year a couple of years ago? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, you know, we saw the performance against Santa Cruz. Um, I just don't know if he's going to be able to deal with the tenacity of of of, of Warrington, and I think that's where the ski, the key is going to be in that fight because Warrington has got a good shot selection. So is Frampton. Va- Frampton's probably the more evasive counter attacking puncher. Yeah, but I just think Warrington's going to be able to smother him, and I think the height will play the height difference will play a little bit of an impact here. Um, but I can see Warrington really making his name on the boxing scene on Saturday night. Yeah. Um, I think it will be a great fight. Um, there's good mutual respect between the two of them, so that always helps. Um, but for me, I'm thinking, you know what, Warrington's got the opportunity here because look at this, look at it like this. He just beat Selby, and in his first defense, he's taken on Frampton. We couldn't even get Selby Crazy. and Frampton together for years, yeah. and that's who he's chosen to fight. Um, so he gets the bigger picture um, from what I can see. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that, um, and I hope. Um, you know, it's not a letdown, but I'm picking for Warrington. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think Warrington, now that I look back on the, the Selby fight, and like you said there, um, Warrington's ability to smother uh, yeah. fighters, how is Frampton going to deal with that? How mm. is he going to deal with that pressure? He's used to taking fights to people. You saw in the first Santa Cruz fight, yep. even though Santa Cruz, again, talking about the range and distance that mm. he has with his long, naturally longer arms. Yep. But Frampton was able to get up on the inside of uh, Leo Santa Cruz yep. and win the fight comfortably um, on the inside. Whereas Warrington is a shorter, stockier fighter. Same mm kind of uh, stature as Frampton. Exactly. He's got an inch or two taller, but not much. Yeah, yeah, and exactly that. And um, I think with Warrington being able to, he's got an engine to go 12 rounds. He's Mm. able to force the pace of the fight. Um, I just, I can't really see Frampton being able to find a way of deterring that. Is he going to have to hold for a lot longer? Is he going to have to uh, be smart and uh, kind of pivot around the the Mm. target? Um, I think Warrington's showed a lot in the Selby fight that, He's got the tools to mm. um, compete at the elite level. Yep. He's not just this come forward fighter that wins fights on pressure. Yep. He showed a lot. He showed a lot of counter uh, boxing, um, boxing at different um, range, boxing on the front foot, boxing on the back foot. Mm-hmm. So I think in terms of having this as a first title defense, it shows the character of the man to take uh, honestly... a fight of this caliber. So in terms of that, do you think that he could have taken easier defenses? Um, um absolutely. Um. And this is where it gets interesting because then you look at the career of both of them and you think, who's had a better career? You would probably say Frampton, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I wonder, is that what what's questioned Warren's uh, Warrington's sorry, d- decision to go with Frampton? Because it's like, I could sit back and have an easy title defence, but I need to push on here. Um, there's not many fighters of note on my, on my CV. Selby was a very impressive win, but like you said, now they're trying to kind of diminish it by saying oh he was weight drained which yeah. is BS um, yeah. I, you know I love the Selby's but come on like you lost you lost um, so I think for me it says a lot about him um, he could have easily I mean there's no I mean we've seen it he could have easily especially IBF easily have taken an easier uh, route you know uh, but he, he wants to be a big star uh, I mean he wants to be in big fights and yeah no I say fair play to him mm-hmm. um, 
talk to me a bit about um, what you would have thought about um, uh, Frampton and the whole Jamie Moore, because that's a relationship that's really just starting to bear fruition. What's your thoughts on it so far? I think it's a relationship that's got a lot of time to blossom. Mm -hmm. I think um, Jamie Moore's proven himself as a, a reputable trainer in Britain. His The stable that he's um, gathered for himself is quite impressive um, considering the time he's had the likes of Jack Catterall, uh, Tommy Coyle. Mm. Um, I think it's hard really because you look at the, the confidence within the camp you would have seen mm. on the weekend with Fielding, mm. how he lost and he was distraught afterwards. Yeah. You would have seen would that have dampened the confidence in the camp? Would mm. Frampton have taken something from that? Mm. I know Frampton's experience at a level. Emotionally, he wouldn't yeah. have uh, felt too distraught about it. Mm. But then again, when there's such a tight-knit camp, yeah. how much of a factor does that that's, have? That's a good point, yeah. Um, so with the, in terms of the relationship, to answer your question, I think it's, um, it's a very young relationship. It's a very inexperienced relationship between the two. Mm -hmm. I think with Warrington being with his father the whole of his career, mm -hmm. they they're starting to understand each other more. Yeah. And now that they've proven themselves at world level yep. well it's only going to go from strength to strength the, so, right? they're going to develop the knowledge of yep. um, certain attributes of fighters certain mm -hmm. styles um, so yeah like, I think um, I don't think the relationship with Jamie Moore is going to make too much of a difference mm -hmm. I think Frampton's a very think on his feet fighter yep. he's able to make decisions on you know throughout the round yep. for the three minutes um, so yeah I mean I mean he's definitely an intelligent fighter so yeah exactly that I'll, so I'll, I'll give you that you know um, cool and um, just moving on let's quickly dive into the undercards or you know what we've got a call I'm going to yep. open the line to the caller uh, 245 245 the floor is yours hello 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 yes Mr Kojo how are you not too bad. Who's speaking? It's Sam Dare. Uh, yes, Mr. Dare. How are you doing, sir? You well? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm really good. We're good, good, really good. Really good, really good. Just listening to your commentary, really. It's good. I'm liking the content. I'm liking the discussion. Appreciate no, that, Sam. Appreciate, appreciate that. Um, what's on your mind, no, mate? No, no. What's on my mind? Hey, Nello Fielding. First of all, congratulations to Fielding. Got an unbelievable payday. Financial security, security future. Um, I don't really know what people expected from that. Um, people thought, you know, the general kind of, uh, the general views I've heard from people are that, mm. you know, what's his, um, he should have really, he should have really put up a fight. And But it's just not that he shouldn't really put up a fight. He did put up a fight. It's just that Canelo is generally leveled mm. above building. Building was, you know, Fielding's biggest hopes and aims and ambition was probably, you know, fighting in a five ten thousand stadium, maybe packed out, maybe on an undercard or something. But he he was actually the main event against a pound for pound great. Mm, you yeah. get what I'm saying? So there's there's levels to this, and people should just see that you know what he had something Canelo wanted. There were other champions out there, but Canelo targeted uh, Fielding purely based on the fact that I feel that it was easier for him to kind of feel himself out at that weight yep. and then for him to kind of have leverage to then unify and look to unify the division, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, makes but no, sense. well done to, well done to Fielding, man. He put on, he, he did tried. what he could. I wouldn't say he put <laughs> on a great show. He tried, exactly. He, he All tried. you can do is try. Exactly. 100%. He went to the you gym, know, he came also, to the weigh-in, he turned up for the press conference and then, no, I'm, I'm, exactly. I'm mocking here, but yeah, no, he tried. <laughs> he did a bit, did a bit of shopping and then got out of there. <laughs> exactly. No, of course, man. But you know, props, props to Eddie Hearn as well for making him that fight and making him a lucrative payday because that's what ultimately a promoter's job is to do. Um, but no, I literally have to, have to, have to him. But there's not really much we can really talk about because it was three rounds. Exactly. Uh, Canelo, I reckon Canelo could have taken him out in the second or the first, mm, but he yeah. kind of he, he he kind of wanted to get the fans' money's worth and yeah. keep it in there. But oh, good. To be honest, I don't. It, it, it was it was decent to watch. I'm happy for Fielding anyway that he got his paid and everything. But um, yeah, onwards and upwards for Canelo. And the I'm big not one? too sure about him being at the weight. The big one. Oh my god! Why? Exactly. I cannot wait. <laughs> Do you know what the marketing and the build up has been? Unbelievable from Sky Sports and Metro. My hats off to them. The way they've been really like getting people enticed. So much so the casual boxing fan. 
because Chizero is such an oldie. Yeah. People are talking about, oh yeah, that guy's fighting again, but Dillian, especially Dillian's coming on the spot, and for most casual boxing fans, he's known as you know the guy who got knocked out by Joshua and, mm. and you know was told to shut up by Stormzy. That's generally people's <laughs> um, opinions of Dillian, which is quite well. You can't really blame him for the average for the average fan, but mm. um, I'm looking forward to. It. I feel the way Dillian is looking, the way he's training. Uh, I feel that he should knock him out. I want him to. Know. To be honest, I want him to knock him out purely because I thought he'd done everything the hard way. You know, went from being the, went from being you know zero to almost hero um, along the way of all these fights since losing to Joshua. Mm. And like you said earlier, like I've been listening to your show, he's also a prime example of someone who can be a top star who who can get to that near enough mm. elite level with an L on the record. Like, it's not just because Floyd Neville's been there uh, and just had that undefeated record doesn't mean that you can't show yourself up to be, you know, you can't, you get knocked down in life, you've got to be able exactly. to come back, you know, it's, it's, it's boxing, you're, you're a professional. You're not going to be a perfect professional. Like, in our careers, um, I'm sure we've made a lot of mistakes, but mm -hmm. the mistakes yeah. don't define you and the losses don't define you. But in boxing, it's just so different. Like yeah. now that perfect record means everything because Floyd Mayweather and props to him. But I do think Dylan White should knock him out. And like you said, um, what's my man's name, Kodjo? Tom. Tom, yeah. Tom. Tom. Like Tom said, I know we've met a few times before, but um, as you said, Tom, if it's a boxing match, White, White boxes all right yeah. all day. But if it turns into a brawl, I feel that White will get caught up into the hype and the scrap of it all. And, you know, Derek, Derek will come to fight he will turn to fight he would like he's been training him to train as if this is going to be his last fight so Derek's really going to want to put on the show and he's got that chip on his shoulder because apparently he should have won to be honest I think the best score would have been a draw yeah. two yeah. years back I thought a draw would have been better um, but it all depends on judges interpretation but if it went to White because it, it went to White I wasn't too I didn't feel that it was an absolute robbery of Chisora. Or if it went to Chisora, I wouldn't have felt that it's an absolute robbery to White. It was one of those fights that it just depends how you're interpreting it because uh, Derek Stoll is always on the ropes and likes to sit on the ropes and then get his breath back and then attack and then go back on the ropes. Mm. That's just Derek Stoll. Mm. Um, but he's looking really good as well. Um, he's looking very, very good under, under Hay. And Hay's getting him into shape. But when I was at this is boxing and a boxer I spoke to a professional and I said you know what Chisora's looking in really good shape but the professional guy turned around and said to me well that body didn't help Hay against Bellew so how's it going to help how's it going to help Chisora against yeah. Dillian the body don't mean anything yeah. which is true, which is true. I, I, do, I do agree I, I do agree with that yeah. um, also in, in regards to your point earlier about the double clash who was it? Who put the date first? Was it sneaking from Matchroom side or was it, no, it was Warren? Yeah, sneaking Warren. from. It was announced before <laughs> Warren because if you remember, he announced that whole he announced that back in August with the whole um, uh, Wilder uh, Fury. So when did Wilder? When did Fury fight? Is that in July then? Yeah, uh, the, July uh, or August. No, when he fought in Belfast. Um, fought in Belfast in August, and I think Warren was... had it signed in September for that yeah, September but, date. Yeah. But um, they had announced, but they the contract signed, but it was August, it was announced, yeah. But we all know, we all know what Hearn's uh, ploy is to uh, kind of combat the uh, the shows. I mean, another thing that I wanted to ask you, Sam, was um, we were talking about it um, prior to um, sort of getting into the, the fights themselves, uh, Warrington Frampton and White and Chisora. I just wanted to ask, do you think the, the zone deal, that the fact that they didn't... Um, put the Dylan White uh, Chisora fight on the zone that was possibly an excuse for them to say do you know if we have this fight on Showtime Warren has his fight on BT Sport that they can't really blame Hearn for trying to make a clash with the shows if they sort of if he had the uh, the fight on the zone there would have been more animosity towards Hearn do you think the fact that he's kind of stepped back only um, using the British uh, broadcaster um, kind of reduced the amount of stick he's going to get for um the date. What, um, Eddie or yeah. Warren? Uh, uh, oh, yeah. So I feel, so your question is basically asking, is Hearn going to get more stick or he's going to get less stick for doing that because it's his own deal? Yeah. Less stick, less stick. Okay. Um, Eddie Hearn, he's always going to get stick regardless because 
because of his persona and the way he behaves and how he's very smart at feeling into the media. Like myself and Kodro have spoken about time and time out. But I do feel that the way he's kind of making himself out is that he's always 10 steps ahead of the game and Warren's just catching on because he's that old school boxing promoter. Um, so it's kind of like, you kind of have to ask Warren or his team, what are they doing to really stay current and stay within times? You know, it's not necessarily much about Eddie anymore or um, or about Warren and that kind of rivalry there. It's just a question of, are you really, Are you? why are you being stuck in your ways? Yeah. Why don't you try new things? Why aren't you looking at other avenues? Because one thing about Eddie Hearn is that he's a risk taker, he's creative in what he does, um, and you can't fault him for that. And he's bringing more and more fans to the sport of boxing, which ultimately means more fans, more money for fighters, more money for, you know, it's just, it's all round in general, more more grassroots levels, you know, it's it's really good. But I just feel that Warren needs to kind of come out of that whole standard pay-per-view model and really utilise the kind of social media and the platforms that there. You can argue and say he does because of social media and things, but I don't really feel it's a savvy. If you look at, look at, uh, what, what show would you rather watch, Tom? I'm going to ask you, would you rather watch a matchroom show or would you rather watch a Box Nation show? I think based on uh, this weekend, I'd have to pick Box Nation. If you look at the, the Warrington Frampton card, you see, oh, okay. the, you see the, the, the fight between Mark Heffron and Liam Williams. You've got, I mean, you've got yeah, multiple 50-50 fights, Conlon, Cunningham, um, I mean, you you look at. I know I understand the model that Sky Sports and Matchroom are trying to employ. They they have the massive main event uh, fights that they're able to generate that um, hype and exposure for a fight between two people that generally don't like each other. That adds to the 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 animosity between the two camps. It adds to the fire. Of course. So I think especially with all the content being out there previously as well. Yeah, hundred no hundred percent. And I think um, when you got a fight between. I mean, in terms of a business, you look at it and think, well, Warrington and Frampton, there's no um, bitterness between the two. There's the utmost respect. And then when you have White and Chisora who don't like each other, naturally you're going to generate a lot more hype from a fight where the two fighters don't get on. 100%. And it's heavyweight as well. I mean, I'd, and, I, and, uh, and I was just going to say, just so to, to cut in, um, so I think definitely, I don't think Iron, I think Iron, I think amongst the boxing fans, I think this is the thing I would say, if you look at you touched on something when you started Sam you said the marketing for me and I wanted to say the marketing for yeah. this fight has been on top I mean you go on the Instagram it's all about war they're talking about t-shirts war um, the the commercial with the little choir boy singing and even that caught me because I thought it was linked to a horror movie and I'm looking at the screen and I'm like oh shit that's why it's like Christmas songs right? or something yeah, the, it's, it's, <laughs> honestly, yeah so exactly. for me they've really thought about it you look at the visuals you know the intensity of the visuals as well that tells you that these guys are planning to bring a fight. Whether they do or not, we'll find out Saturday. Whereas with Frampton Warrington, it's been nice, but it's been okay. It's been mediocre. You know, they're announcing the press conferences, the media workouts, but not being funny. It's in Manchester. It's not in London. So you can do that all you want. And it's it's, it's not like it's not as restrictive in London. That information isn't always publicised because actually they like to keep it a bit more sort of under the wraps with things like presses. So... Yeah, I mean, for me, I think the real losers, unfortunately, are us as fans because and in there's two quality 100%. fights taking place and we're going to have to flash between it. And even the undercards of both. Actually, you know, um, Tom was saying the undercard on the Frank, Frank Warren was, was good and I thought that was better. But actually, there's not... Of, like, if you look at Edwards, is on the matchroom one, which is not... I think he's fighting for a belt. Yeah. Um, Quinlan versus Boatsy, that's not a bad fight for Boatsy. So there isn't yeah, really Quinlan, a lot of difference. Quinlan, between. I was yeah. going to say, Quinlan, Quinlan, Quinlan Boatsy, if Boatsy, if Boatsy does the job on Quinlan, and when I mean knocks him out in emphatic fashion, that's, that really just sends a message. That really sends a message. Yeah, I 100%. think that sends a message. Forget, and then Ryan Walsh versus um, Bellotti, great fight. Potentially a really good yeah, fight. Exactly. So, it's like Hearn Bellotti, from, Bellotti needs to come back. Yeah, exactly. And Hearn's come from nowhere. And even our guy, the guy you've interviewed, Yudofia, is on the undercard Yeah, he's as well. been added. So, he's yeah, added. it, it seems today. to... I think with Hearn as well, he's able to... Um, even though if the fights um, that he puts on aren't up to scratch, I think mm. the last, say, 10 days of fight, uh, before fight, he's able to then add things that 
just make you think well, how has he pulled that out of the bag exactly, and add yeah, to yeah. the the fluidity of the, the card and exactly, so. it's, it's it's crazy to think because with the warren cards yeah exactly with the yeah no 100 percent. the budget's the yeah. probably the most important uh important he's aspect of it. For people, he's able to pick up the phone to a number of coaches and trainers who they know he knows how much they, they're not going to get a bigger payday than with him but he can say look it's 50 grand if you guys can fight on the show um can we make it happen yeah. and all these boxers are going to jump at it. Even the journeyman will say, look, I'm getting 10 grand. I normally get about a couple of grand per show that I do run there for, t- for But these are journeymen I'm talking mm, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they see it that way, they're just going to jump at it. Being a stay, you know, they've got so many opportunities. It's just, they're just a monopoly. Yeah. That's what it is. They're just a strong, strong monopoly. Um, so but yeah, ultimately well. the boxing, boxing fans do miss out. What did you say? No, no I was going to say they're doing well. Um, so I was going to say, Sam, we're going to move on to the next topic. But listen, thank you very much for calling in. Appreciate the support. Um, and have a great Always. festive season. Um, we're going to be out. This will be the last show of 2018, but we'll be back in uh, middle of January in 2019. So have a great Christmas, New Year and all that jazz. Lots of champagne, cognac. All the best. You too, guys. Nice take one, care. Sam. Some TV to the world. Nice thank one. It's a great point. Just take care. Just take care. Great points. Cheers. Thanks. Yeah, so um, quickly move on uh, yeah. to uh, let's quickly talk about um, Bratsy Quinlan because um, we haven't touched on that. I think on both cards, I'm going to say for me, Bratsy Quinlan is a good fight, and I think David Price versus Tim Little might not be bad as well as Murray versus Ndam. Yeah. But for me, Bratsy Quinlan, I think that's a big statement, as Sam just said. If he can stop Quin- Quinlan, massive statement. I think he's really going to not make waves because a light heavyweight is stacked with opposition, but. I think people are going to stand up and take a bit of notice of him because he's, what, like 10 fights in, if that. And that's a big task, given that Eubank took the belt off him. The Was it one of the WBL belts? IBO. IBO, yeah, even worse. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but my point is, like, that was, a, that was a tough fight for Eubank. And I know it's a different weights, but, yeah, I'm interested to see how Bratsy fares against that. Uh, David Price, Tom Little, what's your thoughts on that one? Yeah, just first, no, I, li- I, li- I really like the fact that you've brought up the uh, the Eubank uh, situation. Yeah. You look at a high-profile um, person like Eubank with mm. the name uh, with his old man, yep. and then you look at a rising uh, Olympian like Bratsy who's yes. had all the spotlight on him since he turned pro, yeah, yes. and you think, well, they're going to try and compare the performances. They're going to yes. be like, if um, Bratsy isn't able to get him out of there early, mm. is that going to be criticism towards him? Yeah, they're going to see um, how he's able to um, how it's going to compare to the fact that the the, the distance of the fight um, Eubank took, well Quinlan took Eubank quite a few rounds before he was able to yes. uh, make an, a, a statement or make mm. an effect on the fight and I think as well, Bratsy in his last few fights he's looked so destructive, yeah. he's able to pick his shots perfectly yeah. and um, I think I think he's going to get an early stoppage. Mm. I think Quinlan isn't has since the Eubank fight. He hasn't thought of anyone yeah, of no stepping up as well. But still, yeah. So I think no. I hope Boatsy gets him out of there early. Mm. Uh, puts a puts a show on. Um, but then again, the rounds will probably be beneficial to him, yeah. um, especially when you're looking at the lights of Callum Johnson for a British title, and you're stepping up to world level then yeah. in the next twelve to eighteen months. Yeah. No. Definitely. Um... Yeah, so um, in terms of the uh, undercard you touched on there, uh, Tom Little, David Price, um, we've obviously seen David Price in some fights where you think he's got all the talent in the world, but is it stage fright? Is he um, the the spotlight? Do you think this is going to be the same? Uh, Do you think... No, I would imagine he would beat Tom Little because, you know, Tom Little is not a bad boxer, but if I look back, I want to say Tom Little maybe even lost to Akin Lade going years back. So Tom Little isn't somebody that... Price should be afraid of. Um, it probably makes good, but I would say the average watcher on the night isn't going to know who Tom Little is. Yeah. Um, but they'll probably know David Price. So I would say I can't see any issues for him. Um, Murray versus Endam. I think that's a quite quality fight. Cha- I think that's a tough, challenging fight. Surprising they've put that on, um, but it makes sense to, to add to the bill. Um, you think Murray's going to get the decision here? I don't know. It's a tough one, uh, Coach. I think. Um, I hope he does because I think the way the whole Saunders situation unfolded, um, he's had a bit of bad luck um, mm. in the last year or so. But when you're stepping up against, I think Nadam's former European champion, exactly. if I'm correct. And, well, he was a, I want to say he was a world champion, wasn't he? He might well, well have been. I'm not too sure. Didn't he, 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 and, um, Lemieux knocked out Nadam? Possibly. Yeah, possibly. I want to say he's a former champion, but yeah. But yeah, no, anyway, but besides, besides that, um, I think Murray... 
Um, he's he's at that stage of his career where he's only got one or two fights left, and if yeah. he loses to Nadam, that's probably going to be it yeah. for him. Um, so whether he's able to pull it out of the bag, one last performance, I'm not. You know, I hope so, but hope I'm not 100 yeah. percent convinced. I mean, I do think uh, I agree with you. I think if win or lose, depending on how, I still think there's that there's still that space for the, the Billy Joe Saunders fight next yeah. year because um, Billy's going to have to find out how he kind of plans his route back to the titles. Um, and a domestic dust-up like that gives him a lot of money and it probably boosts his fan base, so that's interesting. Um, moving on to the US card, um, obviously Monroe uh, was due to fight as one of the Charlo brothers. He's yep. been pulled out. Um, what's your thoughts on both the Charlos highlighting their first fight, um, Lions only, Lions um, over only. in the States? Um yeah, I mean, obviously, with Tony Harrison, not, not too many people know about him. But, I mean, the two of them, do you expect them to have a really good 2019 and kick on? I think for all the talk they uh, they do and mm-hmm. all the uh, the hype behind the, yep. the the two brothers equally, I think you look at them and you think they're, they're, they're quite brash, charismatic. Um, whether, there's, whether there's a bit of doubt that their talking does more than what they do in the ring, mm-hmm. we kind of associate the Charlo brothers with that uh, knockout power Um, I think once they step up um, in meaningful fights you look at Charlo uh, the older the older Charlo Mm -hmm. um, at the middleweight division think has he entered it at the wrong time perhaps or has he actually entered it at a time where these fights with Andrade Jacobs are Mm -hmm. perfect to make at this stage and then he gets the paydays he gets the opportunity to fight for a a world title I think for the um, the younger brother Jamel um, WBC Mm -hmm. uh, champion I think the herd fight's a, a tough fight for him. Yeah, I do think fight, yeah, I yeah. do think herd uh, has got all the the tools to uh, negate Charlo. He's another mm-hmm. inside fighter. Mm-hmm. Herd is very Harrison. Uh, Harrison, it's Tony Harrison. Oh, sorry, to- sorry, yeah, Tony yeah, Harrison. Yeah. But not even touching on the uh, the the wider um, division and unifications. I think Charlo, um, the mm-hmm. 154 pounder, he hasn't really proven himself yet. Yeah, he needs to. Whereas the older has, yeah. he's now in a case where he's done way yesterday at 154 he's moved mm. up to 160 yep. and they're already talking about a Golovkin fight yeah. um, so whether he's proven himself mm. and being given himself the opportunity to fight for that he yeah. must be doing something right he's definitely definitely um yeah no I agree with you um I think for me uh Charlo versus Harrison I see him winning um the guy who's been called in to replace Monroe I mean personally I don't really rate Monroe Jr that much yeah. um this core above um a lot of rumors that he stopped Triple G in amateurs. Um, he fight Andy Lee as well. He lost to Andy yeah. Lee as well, but he was winning that fight. So, um, yeah, definitely going to make for an interesting weekend. Um, a very, very busy weekend. And, um, yeah, looking forward to everything. So, before we uh, wrap up uh, the last show of 2018, I was going to quickly ask, what would be your highlight of 2018, Tom? Um, 2018, I would have to say just Fury getting back into the ring. Fair play. Um, I think all the advocacy for mental health was... Uh, Top notch, the way they promoted the fight. Um, in terms of, I have to, I have two uh, kind of highlight moments. The small hall scene, um, Jeffrey Ofrey winning the Southern Area. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a great fight down in Tottenham. Um, that was probably my favourite show of the year. Um, and then on the the bigger stage, um, it's a tough one, Coach. I think. Uh, not too sure, kind of, kind of lost, yeah. kind of lost, lost for words. Struggling for words here, so I, I, I don't really. Yeah, you don't want in the small hall. All right, for me, um, yeah. What would be my highlight of 2018? If I'm going to be honest, and I can't really say anything else, um, I just have to be honest. Sorry, um, for me, I really think it's Wilder Ortiz um, as fight. It wasn't the standout fight of the year, but I think it was probably the first fight of the heavyweight division that really got everything going. Um, I'm going to try and find the show where I'd said. 2018 will be the year of the heavyweights and I think it's, I was proven right in that because yeah. you look at how we're finishing the year um, but I just felt the wider Ortiz going into it I knew what Wilder was capable of a lot of people just thought Ortiz is going to go in there and he kind of did what people thought he was going to make him look bad so that his poor technique and Ortiz would have the better technique but I think it was the equaliser um, and I think anytime I still watch that fight and see the finish I was like Wow. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to sort of what 2019 has to bring. Um, guys, as per usual, sorry, this year has been a bit up and down in terms of the show and consistency. But the plan is we will be more consistent next year. We will be giving you more visual content. And it's going to be the year where wraps on TV, Tom, as you like to say. Yeah. 
at Raps on TV on uh, Instagram. Yep, exactly. Raps on TV Boxing News on Facebook. Make sure you uh, follow, subscribe, like, share. We appreciate all the support. Shout out to all the other boxing channels out there doing their thing. You've got to support the, the movement. Even so, though they um, don't support us, but yeah, yeah, yeah no, nah, but it's all it's all good. When exactly. we, we know that next year is going to be a big year. Fingers crossed. And uh, just want to wish all the 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 viewers. There is a lot of people that tune in every week and. You, you, we definitely know the the people that have uh, supported from day dot. Okay. So I just want to wish you all uh, a happy Christmas. But there's just one thing I wanted to uh, touch on, Coach. Um, 2019. Yes. If there's one fight you could choose, uh, one fight you'd like to be uh, seen made, what would uh, what okay, would that be? For me, I mean, realistically, I think it's only Wilder versus Joshua. But I'll give you two, and I think I would have to say Garcia versus Lomachenko. Yeah. No, yeah. What about you? I have to have to agree. I think uh, one fight that I'm definitely looking forward to would have to be Herd Charlo. Yep. Uh, unification. Yep. And I think as well, uh, Bivol Baterbiev would be yeah. a great fight yeah. for the light heavyweight. That's what I mean. There's a lot of fights, a lot of matchups to get. And if Buratzi has a great performance on Saturday, I think he's going to be bringing his name in. But guys, listen, we're going to make a move. So appreciate all the support as usual. Have a great Christmas. Have a great New Year's. Shout and out see to you Kenny as well. Shout out Big to up the, man uh, like the Kenny. audio. He's got a 3 a.m. fight. He's, he's, he's a busy man. <laughs> he's, in, he's in training camp. He's ready in tip-top shape. Yeah. All right. Cheers, guys. Thanks very much. <laughs> Take care. Let's